welcome to Educationally Speaking on KVMR. This is the show that explores all things educational in our Nevada County Schools. I'm your host, Scott Lay, Nevada County Superintendent of Schools, and joining me always is Kim Ewing, Nevada County Schools Arts Coordinator. Tonight, we'll be talking with Erica Crane, Director of Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning, also with Dale Berry, a teacher there. And we have staff from uh, the Bear River uh, Land Trust. Uh, I'm sorry, Bear Yuba Land Trust on joint projects impacting both organizations. We have Sean Clark and Kate Gaza with us. So they'll be jumping in here shortly and talking about all the wonderful things that uh, this partnership has brought us. So with that first, Erica, I'm gonna start with you and Dale. So uh, for all of you, welcome to the show. Thank all of you for taking the time this evening to be with us. We appreciate that. Thank you so much, Scott and Kimberly. Really appreciate you having us on and uh, giving us a chance to share a bit about the school, but most importantly about the partnership that helps get our high school students out there into the community to help out. So we're um, Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning or SAIL, and we use that expeditionary learning model. So it's interdisciplinary, project-based, it's about getting kids out into the community, into the real world to make a difference with the work that they're doing while still following the standards that would get them ready for college and career um, in any California public high school. So we're really lucky to be here in this community where there's so much great opportunity to partner and to also be able to do real work that's um, helping with real learning. And I'll pass it to Mr. Barry to talk a little bit more about fieldwork service and experts. Is that- we asked, And I was gonna ask both you, Erica and Dale, you know, what's the difference between you know, you and a traditional high school, bam, you just shot right out of the chute, got <laughs> that out for us. So that's great. So now we know. So yeah, Dale, and I know, you know, Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning is a long, long, uh, comes off out of the mouth. So we, we, we know better known as SAIL. So yeah, so why don't you expand upon that, Dale? That'd be great. And, and maybe tell you, you teach there at SAIL, maybe what you, what you teach and, and, and what you see at what SAIL does. Yeah. So thanks, mate. We, uh, this is our eighth year. Um, which it's, it's hard to believe that um, this is the eighth year, but um, we are uh, a, a school that gets kids out into the field. Um, and we do that through their academics where they, we have a semester long expedition. And, and for example, the, the work that has got us out with the Bear Uber Land Trust is a, a ninth grade expedition that is focused around fire, um, which is a really relevant mm-hmm. uh, issue in our community. And um all of the academics will tie into some some theme about fire. So, um, yeah, we get kids out into the field, and we've been doing that all across the, the west coast of the U.S. Um, we've had kids in the Grand Canyon, Green River, uh, national parks. We, we really do uh, get kids outside, winter camping, snow camping, all of those things. So um, the, uh, the content or the, the expedition that we're, we're doing um, with the Land Trust is a, a fire expedition, and... And that got us down to uh, the Independence Trail, um, which we, you know, we know we lost a year ago in the Jones Bar fire. So mm-hmm. it's a, a really wonderful location for our students to, to go out and learn about what's happening in our community, but also do a service project. So it's a really interesting location and, and one we hope to help the Land Trust uh, slowly bring back to, to life. Yeah, and what a timely uh, topic that is with, you know, talking about fires. I mean, we've had several big fires. Thankfully, they didn't get bigger in our county that impacted us just before school started over there at the River Fire. Then we had the Bennett Fire next to my office. And, uh, you know, yesterday or, you know, for our viewers, it'll be last week, we had a, a fire. Luckily, they got it under control up there uh, 
and near Oregon Creek uh, and, and on the Yuba, which had all the potential with the wind to get completely out of control. And luckily they knocked it down. But yeah, I think that, that's great teaching the kids you know, more the understanding of impact of fire. And uh, each year it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in our county. Uh, what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like at the start of the semester, we circle our kids up and, you know, when you ask the question, who's been affected by fire, it's pretty much every kid in our community has been affected or know someone who's been affected by fire. So uh, it's super relevant to our families and our kids. And uh, the Independence Trail is a great location for kids to sort of uh, tie in their academics to uh, or, or learn about their academics through uh, going out and doing service work and, and um, learning about science and math uh, in the field, you know, in, yeah. in fire yeah. spots. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, we're, we're definitely want to jump into, into that. And I know we had a trashathon, but before we get there, I wanted to, Erica, kind of talk to you, you know, what's the enrollment to sale at right now? Where are you guys at? Yeah, we have about 180 kids in uh, grades nine through 12. Yeah. Nice. That's a, a nice size. And I love the campus, the old Nevada city elementary campus. Yeah. We're really lucky to have a real, real live school home um, and to be here for a while. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, great location for you. You know, and I got to ask everybody as, as we're at this point in life, you know, the one thing that has dominated our life for 18 months is COVID. And, uh, you know, how are you guys doing out there at sale with all the, uh, the, the, the mandates and the guidelines and procedures and recommendations and that? How's everybody doing out there with, with those and with yeah. numbers? Yeah, I, th I appreciate the question. I think it is us trying to get back to normal as much as we can, the good mm -hmm. parts of normal, and then really taking a critical look at what wasn't working before, what mm -hmm. didn't work in COVID, and what can we do to shift some pieces up. So I would say that um, we're doing all right. We've been able to, you know, get up and running with our testing program and get up and running with, with all the optional pieces that can maybe support keeping kiddos in classes for more and longer. So I think we've been able to weather the storms of it, knowing more storms keep coming. And that just is a testament to the staff and the students and the families and all the collaboration that takes to work through those pieces. So we're fully in person. And then, you know, we weren't able to do as much field work last year. And this year we just said, all right, where can we walk to? Okay. What can we do if we had to use individual cars? Like what, what do we need to do? So it's just adapting in real time. And, and that's just figuring it out as we go. Good. How about quarantining? Have you guys been hit hard like other districts have? I know the high school, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, went through a really bad patch of uh, just getting overrun with uh, probable uh, positive cases. How, how has it been over at sale? Yeah, we, I think that um, we've been pretty lucky uh, with having under 10% of kiddos uh, be positive and then need tracking at the school program. Mm -hmm. So that really hasn't been a huge amount, but it did mean when we first came back to school, it was a lot of learning those pieces. And what does that mean? So we did have some, had individual students out on quarantine at different times, but we have not yet had to shut a whole cohort, a whole grade, a whole section down. It was more Good. just contact tracing from the beginning, testing um, as soon as we could, you know, all those pieces. So it just meant a lot of all hands on deck um, and making sure we were really clear in our seating charts and and then moving forward accordingly. So yeah. we've been, I think, lucky in some ways and, and also being smaller, we're, we are, we're able to track in a different way than if we had thousands of students. So we want yeah, to- Yeah, much easier to manage, much less opportunity to go, you know, hitting different groups. So that is, it is like your size is, is definitely- advantageous right now. Yeah. And then really quickly before we get there, other issues you're seeing, I know, you know, one thing we've talked about is 
uh, some mental health issues. We've all seen that in our kids and, and staff. Um, you know, it's, it's really hit people. And um, I, I think your learning model of getting outside is really helpful in, uh, you know, with that, but uh, things like that, that you're seeing. Yeah. I think for us, the, we've had a focus on socio-emotional learning and character mm-hmm. development because it's a part of our learning model. So we've always been having conversations of what does it mean to take care of yourself? What does it mean to take care of others? So that's been a part of what we've done since the launch of the school. And then we have something called crew, which is an advisory class that meets every day. And we, um, Monday through Thursday, and we also shifted to have that a little mini morning crew too. just this idea of let's get, um, eyes on kiddos. Let's check Mm -hmm. in in the morning. Let's make sure everybody's okay. And then get the supports to folks as they need it, whether that's a student, a teacher, a staff member, because we know that it's, it's not only coming off of COVID it's a new fire reality. And it's that these teenagers who really thrive on connection were disconnected in so many ways in person. Mm -hmm. So I would say we're acknowledging it. We're it's like even more crew in connection. It was starting the first two days in these crews to connect with students, make sure folks are okay. And and then just continuing to do that. Good. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen it as well as even with staff. I mean, you know, our last 18 months were probably unlike anything we've ever dealt in our lifetime. Yeah. Hopefully we don't deal with that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just bringing everybody back together and, uh, yeah. and operating. And as I keep saying, and being kind to each other, that mm-hmm. is key. Just remember, we all liked each other, you know, 18, 19 months ago. Let's just keep rolling with that. You know, mm-hmm. it's all good. All good. Well, good to hear about that. So, you know, now we, we want to jump into as we started mm-hmm. talking with Dale and you mentioned the beginning the partnership that you have uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, Barry Yuba Land Trust. So, Tom, we want to bring in our other guests. We didn't have the conversation. So we've got Sean Clark here. We've got Kate Gazel here. But Kate, I hope I said your last name correctly. Um, how did I do with that, Kate? <laughs> you're good. It's perfect. Uh, good. So why don't you two introduce yourself? Since, Kate, you're unmuted, why don't you go ahead and go first and, and introduce them what you do there, and then we'll get to Sean next. Yeah, so I am the stewardship manager with Fair Yuba Land Trust, um, which means I spend a lot of time roaming around on the properties that the land trust owns um, and looking for restoration opportunities out there, um, working with youth a little bit more as, as we're doing with sale, um, working on grant proposals and just a whole, a whole slew of stuff that's coming up this year. Okay. I'm kind of jealous with the wandering around, you know, really scenic areas of land that you guys are in. That sounds good to me, or, you know, on some of those days when I deal with some of these mandates from the state, I, I think I could, I could help you out there and just kind of wander. Uh, that sounds very <laughs> I, cool. Doors, yeah. Yeah. And Sean, how about you? Yeah. Um, Sean Clark and I work in the trails department at Bear Yuba Land Trust uh, with Bill Hare. Some of you listeners may know Bill. He's kind of a, a local legend. Um, but yeah, so we, we have trail easements and then we also have trails on our property and we love partnering with people. <laughs> trails require a lot of maintenance and uh, owning land requires lots of maintenance. So I kind of think of it like we have these trails and these properties and these projects. And so we love to find groups to kind of plug in there. And it's kind of a win-win where we can get some restoration done as, as Kate said, or you know, some vegetation management done along the trails. And then these uh, groups that are working with us get some positive, uh, something positive out of it as well. Um, Giving back to the community and uh, maybe some education uh, along the way. So 
we love we love partnering with with other groups to kind of get things done and you know very very few projects we do it's it's just the land trust you know mm-hmm. a lot of our work we are uh, partnering with the county with the city with another nonprofit or even with another for-profit business or you know civic group so um, we, we love working with sale I I think it went before my time but um, since I've been at the land trust we worked with them at Mathis Pond uh, for quite a few years and then we worked with them on the Hirschman Trail mm-hmm. which is on um, city of Nevada City property and now we're, we're thrilled to have this partnership um, on the Independence Trail which is also um, California State Parks also owns land along the trail as the land trust does so sales also helping out the state parks as well <laughs> right. nice and and can you remind our listeners, Sean or RK, either one, what is the mission of the Bear Yuba Land Trust? Just to remind people, what, what is it that, what are you here for? <laughs> yeah, so the mission of the Land Trust is to conserve lands within the Bear River and Yuba River watersheds, hence our name, Bear Yuba Land Trust. Um, we're also focusing a lot more on restoration these days, restoring lands within those watersheds. Um, connecting people to nature, which Sean works with a lot through building trails and maintaining new ones. And then we have our youth component as well. Right. All right. Well, that's good. And clearly this is a partnership uh, that has been going on a long time and meant to be. So Erica, I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you remember how did this partnership start? Yes, I would say um, Michelle O'Shea. So she grew up here. She was a um, Lyman Gilmore and Nevada Union graduate, and she's a founding teacher of our program. And when we were trying to figure out how do you make this work authentic, how do we find a close partnership? And I believe Michelle reached out and said, okay, these are our standards. This is what we need to learn in science. You know, how can we help? How can we be of service? And then that's where Mathis came into play. There was a land management plan that needed enacting. There was water quality testing that needed to happen. And we thought, well, why do that in the classroom and bring it nowhere when we could do it at Mathis and actually help a local partner um, uh, do the work. And so you're still doing a lab report like you do at another high school, but trying to have it go somewhere and, and do something. And that's where now that we're locally here and, and next to Hirschman's, that's been the, the pond for the spring expedition for ninth as well. Wow. Yeah. What a cool way to do it. I wish that's what I had done back in science class in high school. It would have been much more relevant instead of reading it in a book or doing a little experiment to actually walk out to somewhere in my backyard and, and do this. Um, good. Well, I just, I want to remind our viewers that you are listening to Educationally Speaking on KVMR. Our topic tonight is the partnership between uh, Sierra Academy Expeditionary Learning School and the Bear Yuba Land Trust. And for the second half of the show, as always, I'm going to turn it over to Kim Ewing, who's going to talk about two really cool projects on the Independent Trail, as Dale um, started to mention in the first part of our show, and the Trashathon on there. So, Kim, take it away. Thanks, Scott. So yeah, listening to you and hearing all the exciting things that are happening from ninth grade into your senior years. Tell me, uh, maybe Dale, maybe chime in about um, one, about the Independence Trail and how how are you guys doing with that? What's, what's the status? Yeah, sorry. Um, so uh, we hope to, to spend at least three full days uh, with our entire ninth grade class down on the Independence Trail uh, this semester. Um, and, uh, so far, uh, the groups have really been focused on, uh, looking at, 
uh, growth rate of the new sort of uh, growth after the fire. So they've been, been measuring growth rate. Uh, they then bring that data back to the classroom and they, uh, they graph that data. Um, I think with a focus on uh, determining like sun exposure over time. Um, and then we'll go back and we'll, we'll uh, collect that data once again. Like in um, the spring? No, I think we'll go back again November, then hopefully again in December oh. before we break. So that's the plan at the moment. I know that there's Sean has plenty more work for us to do on different parts uh, of that of that trail. Um, we did uh, we had a group working with Kate uh, doing uh, identification of native species, doing invasive species removals. Mm. Um, and uh, doing some some sort of survey work there, and then uh, I worked with with Sean and a bunch of students, like cleaning up all the remnants of the fire that uh, that burnt down the the uh, Independence Trail and all of those uh, massive uh, wooden frame structures. So we were we were picking up metals and hauling out uh, buckets of of metal, and uh, yeah, so quite hard, dirty uh, work, but really good fun and. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what else Sean has for us down there. And I know it'll be, I know it'll be hard work. Well, and what do they say? Um, many hands make light work. So it sounds like that was exactly yeah. Sean's plan. Maybe Sean, tell us a little bit about what is the future of these ninth graders after these, uh, these three visits? Well, the future is hopefully they find their calling in life no, no. <laughs> so I can appreciate uh, what Dale's saying about rolling up their sleeves and doing some hard work and I think that's really um, important you know getting out uh, of the classroom and getting some exercise but well yeah the future well um, yeah so I was kind of involved in that station kind of cleaning up the hardware and you know schlepping out some of the metal um, but we'd love to um, you know and Kate can chime in too with sort of uh, Dale mentioned getting out the invasive species and putting in some native species. And I think Kate talked, uh, has aspirations of uh, doing some seeding um, with some native plants. Maybe she can talk to that, but we're kind of, I'll, I'd kind of stick to maintenance kind of along the trail. Maybe there's a kind of a vegetation management component, you know, just kind of the nature of the trail. Um, when you open up the canopy, you kind of let the light in and then everything wants to grow into the light. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant kind of um, managing that corridor, managing that box for people to go out there and enjoy the trail. Um, but just sort of big picture, we are, we're, we're working with state parks to, to raise funds to, to rebuild the trail, to restore the trail. So perhaps in future years, there could even be, you know, a construction project or, um, you know, putting in a flume or, or something like that. Um, we might be able to, to do something like that with the students. But right now, we're at the very beginning stages. It's a lot of just clean up, kind of see where we're at and, um, you know, find some find some educational opportunities to get these kids uh, uh, plugged into. Um, but, Kate, do you have any uh, want to touch on some of the restoration? Maybe you have some other ideas about uh, bringing that land back to life. There you go. Yeah, I think we made a huge dent in Himalayan blackberry that was along Rush Creek. And it's it's so funny because what would have taken me days took, you know, a few hours with 40 kids. And it's like, yep, there it is. Just many hands make light work. Like you said, it was mm -hmm. super helpful having down there. Um, we cleared that area. Gosh, within like a morning, I think by lunchtime, I was like, well, we're going to have to look for other stuff to do. Let's go help Sean with metal because we just cleared that area of blackberries so fast. 
Um, and then as you're walking in before you get to Rush Creek, yeah, there's there's a lot of areas for, for reseeding sort of um, really steep, unstable slopes that um, nature is doing a pretty good job of restoring and vegetation's popping up. Um, I'm surprised to see from spring to now the amount of plants and small grasses that are growing back, but it could still use some restoration and, and uh, some, some hands on there. So I'm going to identify some safe areas to access with the kids that we can hopefully reseed and speed up that, that process of restoration and some of those unstable slopes. That's great, Kate. And this would this time of year be a good time to do that during the fall? Yeah, exactly. Um, once we have a little bit of soil moisture, like um, November, December, as we're talking about these next work days, it should be timed perfectly with the rains. Fingers crossed, right? Awesome. Yeah. And have the ninth graders gone just the one time? Yes. Yep. Okay. So they have a couple more um, in this semester then, yeah? Mm-hmm. Great. Well, time. yeah, a couple more times. Okay. And then, then the next semester begins and that's when you start planning the, the, the new parts of that. That sounds fantastic. You guys, what about, um, this one sounds intriguing. You know, we know there's a lot of community involvement with, um, collecting trash, but who would like to speak about the trash a thon? That sounds exciting. Sure. That was also our, our eco club um, getting engaged with uh, what's been a tradition pre-COVID was this annual cleaning up around our school program. And the crew advisories actually compete to see who can get the most trash out of our watershed. So just another example of where this is a little more crew based and there's elements of team building, but there's also elements of just like we collected over 3,800 cigarette butts, uh. you know, and our students had the gloves and the masks and the pieces and they did not reach for anything dangerous. But we were just getting out there to say, if this is our home, how do we take care of it? And what does it look like to have pride in your home? And also to um, really be thoughtful about what we throw on the ground and how to help other folks kind of see this isn't what we want to be doing. And to talk about why, but also to have some fun. Students were competing for um, what is now a really wonderful trash trophy that they earn and, <laughs> and just th that kind of piece of let's do this together. Let's work on it together, but also let's be really mindful about what this means um, as just another way to connect. And, and that meant teachers and students out, uh, everybody had a map with their section on it and they just went out on a Friday and came back at the end of the day. We had students kind of going and picking up as they went. And uh, that was just a, another great part of what we've been working on. Right. And that friendly competition always makes it a little bit more edgy, a little bit more competitive, but in a good nature. I'm curious, what was the trash trophy? Did you make it out of trash? <laughs> uh, the winning crew actually found kind of an old stanchion that you would have like a velvet rope on, and it was bent in kind of a perfect trophy way. Oh. <laughs> so that is now the Trashathon trophy that will be passed on. Uh, <laughs> from okay. So year to year, you'll have it for yes. year to year. Okay. Love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And who did you already start that or is that a later part in the year? Yeah, it, it, they students already did that. So that was um, a couple Fridays ago and the, the champions were crowned. And who were they? Just curious. Is it ninth uh, so graders, seniors? It was a ninth grade crew, which was oh. a, a deep upset. Uh, usually uh, you can see Mr. Berry crossing his arms as a 12th grade crew <laughs> advisor. Uh, the, <laughs> usually the upper class folks are able to maybe 
grab a little more, but it was a ninth grade crew. So Miss Beck is that crew advisor and they had a, a lot of pride in their ability to scavenge and, and, and get uh, all around. Cause it's kind of by weight. And then also the number of like cigarette butts that you were able to grab too. Wow. And uh, to me, that sounds um, like an amazing thing. You could almost do more than once a year, right? Yeah, our students connect with Circle for the um, river cleanup. And so we were yep. able to do that as a part of working with um, the California Heritage Indigenous Research Project down in Deer Creek and kind of, okay, how can we help support there? So we did the river cleanup with Circle in um, the Deer Creek area because we could walk there and support as well. And then um, we have the annual Eco Club Trashathon. And then usually on crew orientation, when we're down on the American River, students are also supporting. So we, students will joke sometimes and say, we do other things on field work besides pick up trash, but it's this idea of how do we become stewards where that's just normalized. And then we learn leave no trace practices. So what does that mean to really leave no trace in a space that you love? And how do you acknowledge whose land this is? And then how do you help take care of this land? So it's a piece of the work that we do. But I think once a year, that eco club, um, I'll propose to them though, maybe it could be more than once, but I believe they, they might say... <laughs> Once is enough. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> well, and I'm curious, being a teacher myself, um, Dale, maybe you can answer this. Um, we have so many amazing organizations in town that are, are building partnerships with schools and children. Um, how, as a teacher, do you find, I mean, there's so many possibilities. How do you find which program for which grade or which subject? And what subject do you teach, by the way? I'm curious. I teach adventure and PE and organize okay. our fieldwork program, but I think that's a great question. We look at the end, at the start of each semester and we look at the expedition and then we look at, okay, well, where can we do service work? Where can we meet experts out in the field um, for that particular expedition? And then we use our contacts um, and slowly over the last eight years, we build up contacts like uh, Sean and Kate from the land trust um, and it's really important to hear for kids to hear from people other than us. They hear from us all the time. So it's great for them to hear uh, other voices and, and to learn, uh, learn about, um, learn from their expertise, but also learn about uh, them. So learn about their educational path, their, you know, how they, how they got to being in this type of job and all those, uh, those learning opportunities are really important for kids so they can see themselves beyond high school. Um, as well as like learning about the expertise um, that these people offer. So meeting with experts is a, a really important part of each expedition. Um, and it's a really big part of our program. I love that. And I mean, what, what I think is high schoolers go, you know, they're looking to say, what is my future going to look like? And being able to use some of the the, be able to partner with some of the community members and see the organizations that are out there um, is really powerful for kids to see themselves in those roles, possibly. Um, like Sean said, you know, maybe this will be their future in um, forestry or, or yep. trailblazing, so to speak. What is there? We only have a few more minutes, everybody, but we love your enthusiasm and, and we love what SAIL is doing in our community for our students. Do you guys have anything else that you guys would like to share out with our listeners? Um, we're just about wrapping it up, but... I would just also say, I think um, yesterday we were lucky to have our um, a student-made film premiere with EL Education nationally around our partnership with CHIRP. Um, and just this was work that the students did around supporting the amplification of the Nisanan voice locally. 
as well as, you know, engaging in what does it look like to move toward federal recognition and how do you take the lead of a local partner? And so that was coming off of Indigenous Peoples Day, which was uh, yesterday, but will be last week when this airs um, and right. just wanting to um, just shout out that partnership as well. And just that the meaning that that helped with um, students and understanding where we are and who we are and what role we can play and support in, in our community for CHIRP and the um, Nevada City Nisanan, uh, Reentry in Nisanan. So um, just wanted to bring that up and, and share yeah. that, that we shared that yesterday as well. That sounds great. What, what exactly did they do in that video? Uh, yeah, the students really were um, working on the land acknowledgement and connecting with CHIRP about what we can do to be of service and starting a project and then what it means to pause and take the lead of um, local folks who really should be in charge of the work and then making sure that we're still amplifying and sharing the name of um, the Nisanan and what that means where um, the land was never ceded and what does that mean and what does that look like and what role do you play as a student who has a school on that land so it was it was that kind of a film um, led by students and created uh, with Shelley Covert, the tribal spokesperson. So um, just a, a, again, like the this community is so rich in part in that partnership and the generosity of those partners and wanting to really raise that one up recently too. Wow, what what incredible opportunities for this, these kids to feel the real world and to be in it. Um, it's just such a powerful thing. Well, um, we're at the end of our time together, everybody. I just wanted to say, Scott, I guess back to you, but what an amazing um, array of opportunities for our youth, don't you think, Oh, Scott? it is. It's great. I love the partnership right now with Sale and Bear uh, Yuba Land Trust. So I, I want to thank Erica and Dale. Thank you so much for taking time after uh, a day of working with our youth uh, to be here on the show. And and Sean and Kate, thank you for coming for a Bear Yuba Land Trust. And I know, you know, we're out of time, but I do one thing I got to check with Kate is when did blackberries become Himalayan blackberries? That really <laughs> threw me off. But that's a whole topic for another show. So with that, we'd like to thank all our listeners uh, for joining in tonight. And on behalf of Kim and I, you've been listening to Educationally Speaking on KVMR. Have a wonderful evening. Good night, everybody.